Hi, this is Shannon from SAS, the number four, teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us this week for our Teacher's Guide to the Math Might Show 401 and 402. You might wonder where did 419 and 420 go? You didn't miss them, don't worry. The Math Might Shows have 18 shows a quarter per grade level. This week is just the continuation from last week, but the numbering system just signifies that we're moving into the fourth quarter. For kindergarten, we're going to start off in 401 and we're going to bring back the numeracy talks that we did in the very beginning 200 shows. We're going to be talking about conservation to 10. Wait, last time we talked about conservation to 10, this time DOTS is going to help us with conservation to 20. As we did before, we're going to have the red carpet and flash a double 10 frame to students. They have to take a picture of what they see and tell us how many they see. Our friend Nora and Layla are going to tell us two different ways that they knew the 10 frame, what the 10 frames had in it. For example, they saw 13. The big idea is especially at the end of the year, is to help kids to see the numbers in different ways and in multiple modalities. The I can statement is I can compose numbers 11 through 19 using tens, ones, and some more ones. We start off playing a really fun game which is called Deco Dot Team Matchup. Students are going to flip over two Deco Dot cards. One of them is going to have the quantity of 10 and the other one is going to have another number one, one through nine. As we flip over the cards, we can see that we have one full 10 frame and one with just four. So we can tell the total is 14. Of course, we want to do tens and ones with our MathMite friend value pack. We want kids to really see the relationship between the number and its value. When they see the 10 frame, it's worth 10. Then the four is worth four. Instead of just writing one and four, value pack wants to make sure that students know the amount on his bellies actually show 10 and four, which makes 14 when you put it together. We use a really great recording sheet here where the students are able to color in their 10 frames and then fill in their number sentence, 10 plus blank equals 14. As we continue, we have a two out of three game also that we play with deco dots. Dotson wants students to select which two cards make up the target number. For example, we have the number 13. We might have six on the 10 frame, 10 in the 10 frame and three on the 10 frame. The sentence stem says blank is a group of 10 and blank ones. In this example, we know that 13 is a group of 10 and three ones, or one 10 and three ones. So students can select which cards support that sentence. We do several examples that reinforce the idea of team numbers. The fun game that students played in the show, they can do as an independent activity, which they call Deco Dot Team Matchup. As we move to episode 402, we're again going to do numeracy talks. This time, instead of doing with a double 10 frame, we want kids to switch modalities and see the quantity in a linear way. Our students in your kindergarten classrooms just memorizing the 10 frame will make sure you get out the Counting buddy Senior for your kindergartners at this time of the year so they can see the quantities up to 20 in a linear way. The Counting buddy Senior has 10 of one color and 10 of another color. We're going to flash a quantity and Layla and Nora once again are going to give their feedback on how they figured out the number with the total that they saw. The I can statement is I can show numbers with 10 frames and dots or counters. We give students counters that fill up a complete 10 frame with 10 in it. We want them to create a special team number. 
the first number we want them to build is 11. So of course, we're gonna call on our friend value pack to help us when students look at the digit one in one, we want them to know what the actual value is. We want them to say that it's 110 and 11. We build a variety of different numbers this way so students are able to figure out how many counters are needed to make the total. We then play a really fun game called Team Bingo. The bingo board is filled with quantities with double 10 frames and on a wreck and wreck, which is another modality in which we can see the 20. This is just like a normal bingo game. We're going to pull a card and students have to find the number on their double 10 frame or their wreck and wreck to get three in a row. Students have to be careful here and teachers might need to offer scaffolds to students to help them by letting them actually build on the double 10 frame and build it themselves maybe even with their wreck and wrecks they can transfer their understanding for teen numbers. In first grade, in 401, we're really going to be looking at shapes in this series. However, we start off the show just like we do in kindergarten. However, this show marks the first time in the Mathemite show for first grade that we're going to be doing an actual number talk. Typically, we do numeracy talks the first half of the year for first graders, maybe even through January. Then we switch to number talks as we're finished working with conservation to 20, we might go up to 40, and maybe even 100 and beyond. For number talks in first grade, we want to remember to pose questions with operations students are familiar with. This time of the year, it might be compensation, which we know as doubles plus one, doubles plus two, doubles minus one, which is a strategy that Abracus can help us with. In a number talk at this stage, students might also be familiar with being able to make a 10 with DC, or they might be able to add tens and tens and ones and ones. Eventually, students might be able to do subtraction problems in a first grade number talk when they're ready to do something like 12 minus seven with Springling. In this number talk, we're gonna feature Abracus for the first time in the show. He's asking us to solve seven plus six. And we're solving this, as we're solving this, it's really great to give kids a visual to try not to let them use the terms like doubles plus one, doubles minus one, or doubles plus two, or doubles minus two to actually name the strategy because to most first graders that sounds like four different strategy. However, they're all just using compensation. As we solve the problem seven plus six, it's nice to build these two add-ins in a double 10 frame with seven on the red and top and six and yellow at the bottom. This helps kids to see the quantity they already know, like they might see six plus C, six, and they know that one more makes 13. Other students might see, wait, I see seven and I zap the six for the abacus wand and I see seven plus seven by adding one on, but now we have to minus it off. Compensation is a really great strategy for first graders to know. Obviously, it's helpful for students to understand their doubles facts in order to use this strategy, but by creating problems with concrete tools will help them visualize what's happening so students can be successful. The I can statement is I can sort, describe, and create solid shapes. We offer students four different pictures and ask them which one doesn't belong. Some of the shapes are flat shapes, some are 3D shapes. We start looking and talking about how we could sort solid shapes. You might sort a shape by ones that are flat versus round, ones that roll or don't roll. Maybe you have straight sides or not straight sides. Does it have square corners or not have squares, tall or short? We get kids to sort the shapes in different ways so they can guess how, many, how else they might sort it by looking at the attribute. Then we look at a bridge that's built out of blocks and we want students to see if they can see the shapes that are in the particular bridge to see what they're made up of. It's made up of cubes, triangles, rectangle blocks. The idea is for students to look at the geo blocks and create a new geo block 
shape with it. It's pretty fun to do this activity as it provides an exploratory way for students to visualize and picture what they're doing. In the extension activity, they're going to be sorting shapes by attribute. Providing kids with the language to describe how shapes are creating is really helpful with being successful at this standard. In show 402 for first grade, we continue with the number talk, just as we did in the previous session. We're going to be focusing on abracus. We hope that in the second show, students are becoming more independent and being able to answer something like seven plus eight. We build the problem again in the double 10 frame so students can observe and solve. The I can statement is I can sort flat shapes and create a data display to represent our sort. Again, we offer four images and ask students which one doesn't belong. This time, the majority of the shapes are 3D and only one of them is flat. But as we know by now, students can figure out a reason based on one attribute as to why each of the shapes might not belong for one reason or another. We then do a sort of flat shapes. We take a bunch of different flat shapes that we see and sort them into triangles, rectangles, and squares. We also can sort them by different colors like gray versus black. Then we take the idea of the shapes and apply it to data collection. We take three handfuls of pattern blocks and see if we can determine the data that might go with it. We find if we have nine triangles, four trapezoids, and seven squares. How can we use the data that we've collected to answer questions such as how many more triangles are there than trapezoids? Or how many are there in all? Or how many more triangles are there than squares? For the independent activity, students are going to do something similar to what we did in the show which is sorting flat shapes. In second grade, the show 401, students are going to be going back to doing a number talk like we've done in the past. This time, we also use abracus with the second graders. Now we've talked about abracus as doubles plus one and doubles minus one strategy, but he likes to zap one number and change it temporarily, holding onto the change in his wand and then zap it back when he's done solving. The example that we have is 25 plus 26. Some students might think of this problems like quarters because 25 plus 25 is 50. So they're going to temporarily change or use compensation for the number 26 and make it 25 by taking one away. You know that 25 plus 25 is 50 quite quickly, but don't forget you have to zap back that one to make it 51. The I can statement is I can compare numbers and add or subtract. I think the theme of this show makes a lot of sense for this time of the year with second graders. A lot of second graders have have a lot of different strategies in ma their math tool belts to figure things out by now, but they often just get stuck on one of their strategies that's their favorite, and if they're required to solve problems just one way, it doesn't really push them with this idea. Instead, we want students to be able to look at a problem and solve it analytically. We want them to compare numbers. We don't necessarily mean to find which one's greater than or less than, but we want students to look critically at the two numbers and see what strategy will be most important. So for example, if we were solving 81 minus 79, should we use T-Pops or would Springling more be more appropriate? In the show, Tyler and Alana work on solving problems with two different ways. Tyler uses T-Pops and Alana uses Springling. In Mathville, there's two different vehicles you might see going around. A pokey little car with the wind stick hanging from the antenna on the back of the car with a hat and is usually putzing along. Or you'll find our jet plane that we've watched out for because it zooms around really quickly. Both kinds of transportations will get you there. The jet plane will clearly get you around Mathville more efficiently. 
We don't want kids to feel they need to rush through math, but we want to talk about being able to determine which strategy is most efficient based on the problem we're looking at. When we look at the problem 81 minus 79, we notice that using Springling to count up makes a whole lot more sense because the two numbers are really close together. Springling is definitely a jet plane strategy. Using teapot for this problem will get you the right answer, but it will take much longer to get there. We give a few examples such as 680 minus 673, and students have to decide that's, if it's, is it more efficient to use Springling or T-Pops? For the extension activity, we're going to drive home the idea with Springling to help students find out that if numbers are very close to each other, they can just count up. As we move on to 402, we're going to be having another talk with our friend Abracus. This time he's solving 58 plus 22. It's kind of interesting when you see a problem like this because you can add to and subtract to from the representation respective add-ins, and it would be a, kind of really like you're equaling it out. If I added 2 to 58, it's going to 60. If I took away 2 from 20, it's going to 20. Then I'm left with a pretty simple problem, 60 plus 20. The I can statement is I can add or subtract tens and a hundreds. Of course, we want to have our friend value pack here. Most of you have seen value pack with the red and white, but this time you're going to see value pack with a new number, orange, which is hundreds. We're going to start off with the number 297. We're going to roll a number cube and add that many hundreds to complete the sentence. 297 plus whatever you roll in hundreds equals blank. As we use the place value strips, you want kids to understand that they're adding in tens or they're adding in a hundreds and how they can use the strips to help them. We do want to do the same thing with the idea of subtraction. So we could start at the number 982 and this time we want the dice to represent maybe tens so students can roll and complete the equation. The idea here is there's different ways to look at numbers and figure out how many there are in all or how many are together in one when we come back to this idea so often. In this show for example, Maya has two one hundreds, ten, two tens, and three ones. And someone else has two hundreds. Hmm. As we look at this, we want to figure out what their value of all their, what they have all together. We want to really make sure kids understand place value. This transfers into students being able to write an equation by looking at the place value blocks that will help them with the objective of using the combinations of place value blocks and even place value strips. For the independent activity, students are going to add and subtract tens and hundreds. It's a great way to subtract where they spin and quickly figure out if they're adding those together without feeling like they're having to write out a whole algorithm. To begin episode 401 in third grade, we're going to go back to doing number talks just as we've done in the other grades. But this time we're gonna bring in what we just learned about. Instead of number talks, you could kind of think of them as fraction talks. We're going to be doing the area model fraction number talks so that we can see exactly what they remember. Students are presented with pieces of paper divided into fours, two yellow and two that are blue. Of course, we wanna keep a really open-ended to ask students, what does each color occupy? I really enjoy doing these fraction talks because they're so open-ended. Students oftentimes will give me the right answer, like two fourths are yellow, or they might say four eighths are blue, because they can see those. But sometimes they don't understand that those might be equal to half. They don't see that 
yellow is equal to half or two-fourths, but it also could be four-eighths. The kind of activity, this kind of activity really creates a wonderful conversation and inquiry-based learning to be happening in the classroom. The I can statement is I can measure length in halves and quarters of an inch. We start by brainstorming what students already know about inches. Some students might remember that inches are used to measure length. Some might remember there are different tick marks on the yardstick and the ruler and even tape measures. Others remember that inches are shorter than feet, but they're also longer than centimeters. We want to incorporate this idea of fractions with measurement. So we start with a question, we start with a paper clip on a ruler. All of our rulers are enlarged in the show so students can see how we're measuring from endpoint to endpoint. Students can look at the objects, see that it's halfway between the three and the four, and see how that would measure at three and a half. We also bring in the idea of what happens if I measure something and it's past an inch, but not quite to the one and a half inches. Well, we know that that's going to be a quarter of an inch. We talk about how to label and how to show what this will look like on a ruler. We especially look at the marks of one half, two, one fourth, two fourths, three fourths, four fourths, and show that two fourths is actually equal to a half. The extension activity is to measure the nearest half and quarter inch. It gets kids to really look at exactly where objects are lying on the ruler and helps them understand the parts of the fractions we've covered in previous shows so that applies to the same thing they're seeing in the real world. In 402, we're going to be doing another fraction number talk. If you're interested in learning more about these types of fractions, click on the link in the episode guide for the love of math. I love how they set up fraction number talks. In a number talk, the fractions are occupied again by different pieces. We're going to have an orange, a fourth, a half which is an orange, a fourth that's yellow, and two eighths that are blue. Again, these fractions can be named in different ways, so you're getting students to add to their knowledge of equivalent fractions by telling us what color is occupying each space. Our I can statement is I can measure length using a ruler marked with halves and quarters of an inch. We look at two different rulers that now go just beyond zero and one. Our rulers go all the way from zero inches actually to nine inches. We can see different tick marks in between. We talk about what we notice and what we wonder. As always, it's great to throw out the question so we can see if we can catch kids' attention to see if they really are getting the gist of what we're going to be talking about. In this show, we do a lot of measurement with worms. <laughs> One worm measures four and a half inches. Jada says the worm is four and a half inches, but Kiran says that it's four and two-fourths of an inch. Who's correct? Obviously, using numbering and labeling of the fraction tick marks between the whole numbers, you can have someone saying it as fourths or halves or in seeing that there's kind of a similarity. There is a similarity there. If you were to mark each tick mark by fourths, we could see that you could also see it as two-fourths. We measure a variety of different worms, discovering different ways that we could talk about equivalent measurements. We then take a look at finding lengths and equivalent lengths with scissors, a stapler, and a hole punch. We want students to understand how to rename lengths of objects with their knowledge of fractions. The extension activity is to measure the ruler to find equivalent lengths. They have different objects and they're diff measuring different things in the extension activity to apply what they learned in the show. Wow, we have all kinds of things to offer in this week with different topics we're doing from adding and subtracting strategies to shapes to measuring and even our team numbers. Thanks so much for joining us. 
I can't wait to hear how much you're enjoying our Math Might shows.